0: Here on the Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Christine Uptrich Show. You might be listening live here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area or anywhere around the world on transformationtalkradio.com. You might also be listening on Facebook Live, because this is aired there, too. You can see the video there. Uh, You can see it on, I believe, Christine Upchurch professional page. I think they figured out how to connect that, but also on Transformation Talk Radio um, professional page on Facebook as well. And I'm grateful to be here. I'm excited about our conversation. But before I give you any hints about that, I want to say hello to the people behind the technology. Good morning, Olivia. How are you? Hello. Hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited about our show today. I'm also excited about eventually seeing the sun again in Seattle. Me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And hello, Benny. I missed seeing you in the studio every week. How oh, are you
1: doing? I'm doing very well. I miss you too. And Olivia, you know, you're always welcome. Just not like throwing you like you can't not not come in as well. I think we should have just a big old party. We're gonna have to after all, all what so we've been too. through this year already. Oh, Jeez, I Louise. Know. You
0: know, and and you know, things are starting to ease up in uh-huh. terms of the regulations here. And I never thought I'd put it in these terms, but I'm really excited about something that I'm doing this weekend. You know what it is? We're awaiting getting my <laughs> haircut. <gasps>
1: <laughs> I don't think I've said that in quite a few years. So, because yeah. <laughs> I could just do my own, <laughs> don't have much left, basically, yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm not willing to take your hairstyle though. Yeah. Thank you. I think you'd still look <laughs> adorable. Um, you know, I'm excited about our show today and, um, I mean, what if you could interview a whole lot of psychics and, and have sessions with them and kind of evaluate them and hear their stories? What if you could interview scientists and then also apply it in your life in various ways, including in, a, in your business world, the, the very mainstream business world that can lead to some amazing results. Our guest today has, has done exactly that, but you know what? We're gonna take a quick 60 second break and then I'm gonna bring her on and you're gonna to wanna to stay tuned. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Um, I'm really excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking to Marianne Borer, and she is um, in public relations of all things. She's a PR professional. She's a communication specialist, and she's an intuition advocate, which I think is really important as we step into this next stage of our evolution, which is really about integrating that psychic and spiritual energy into our, our workaday world and our everyday um, home life as well. And she has interviewed some of the most gifted um, psychics intuit- and intuitives in the world. She's also interviewed the top scientists, you know, working with that, that, uh, that left brain as well, and researchers and even a catholic archbishop regarding the topic of intuition she has been on let's see she's number 1 in one of the i think spiritual self-help category new releases on amazon for several weeks her book is hot and the and the book that i'm talking about is the gift within us i'm not sure i can't see myself here so I'm hopefully that's coming in pretty well um Intuition, spirituality, and the power of our own inner voice. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Marianne Blur. Hi, Marianne. Welcome. Hi,
1: Christine. Wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah, the book has only been out for a couple of months, maybe going on three, and it's done very well. I think primarily people are really seeking now, and the fact that at their fingertips they can communicate with you know, our guides or get all this spiritual, this divine wisdom uh, shocks people, but they need it
0: more now than than ever, really. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that anything we can do to, first of all, connect us with that quantum field, guides and angels, however you want to quantify it, you know, um, and also to step out of fear. Because I, I heard something a long time ago, like if you're always in this this fear-based cycle in your mind and you're getting intuition that tells you to be afraid of something how do you decipher it right but the more you connect with your intuition the more you let go of fear then what comes through is is clearer it's it's not competing with all this other mind-based stuff Um, and i'm really fascinated by your story because you're not the like the first person i would expect to be writing a book like this Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't see the long earrings and the the gazillion bracelets and the not to make fun of that. Mind you, that's that's the way certain people are. But you're far more mainstream than that. Um, yeah. What guided you to start researching this more and to step into this role of communicating the importance of this to people?
1: Well, I have to say thank you for noting that because I am mainstream. Uh, I've been a PR professional for years. I worked in New York City for close to 15 years. And what happened was, while I've always had respect for this whole category, I just wasn't that involved. I think I'd had one psychic reading in my life. And and I was working in New York City and I had a client come to me um, in 1997 and he he was erecting a giant digital clock in midtown Manhattan called the Millennium Clock, counting down the days, seconds, and minutes to the year 2000. Do you remember Y2K? Everybody oh, and all
0: scared. The fear, yes. Lots yes.
1: of fear. That we're all just going to, computers are going to stop working. We're all going to just die or whatever. And right. uh, this, this gentleman was erecting this giant digital clock on 34th Street, and he wanted national press for it. He happened to be um, own a lot of franchise restaurants in New York City. It was called the Reese Organization. I had no clue why he was putting this clock up. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to make me want to go to a TGI Friday's for a hamburger, but Whatever, my mandate right. was get press. So I had the idea, I don't use the word idea much anymore, more the inspiration to find mm-hmm. really highly gifted psychics and mediums um, and ha- invite them to be on part of a press conference where we would mm-hmm. discuss what's gonna happen in the year 2000. So I did it a thousand days before the year 2000 in April of 97. Um, we had held it at a TJ Fridays. I, I sat the different uh, intuitives at different tables, kind of speed dating style. And 75 uh-huh. journalists showed up to this thing. That's a lot of journalists, including that the, Wall Street, the Wall Street Journal, the uh, CBS News, as well as like Inside Edition, Entertainment Tonight, and those types of um, media. A long, long media list. And um, they could spend three minutes with each intuitive. They could ask personal questions. They could ask world event questions, celebrity questions. The reason I mentioned this story is, yes, it was a great success uh, PR wise. It got national, even global press. But I mentioned it for two reasons. The, The guy from the Wall Street Journal came up to me afterwards, and he was kind of shaking and he was pale. And he said, Marianne, I confess I came here to make fun of these people. Um, As did some other journals, he said, but they were so accurate, I'm still in shock. And the other reason I mentioned it, I became friends and still am with a number of these highly gifted people. And as a communicator, as you are as well, I was kind of irritated over the years at how they were perceived, or I should say misperceived by people in the media um they all had to be fakes or charlatans or you know soothsayers or something silly and right. it, it and i knew of many of them struggled as young people um some were bullied uh their lives were not simple some some were closeted for years they didn't want to tell anyone and some sure. simply thought everyone saw grandpa in the corner who was you know deceased or whatever so it was right. it's a wide range of people and i started to write their stories because most of my friends are, still today are either journalists or gifted people. It's kind of an interesting blend. But um, I I felt people should understand. And organically, it wasn't not just going to be a a book about these gifted people. Organically, my inspiration, my guide said, and also tie in Mary to the fact that although we're not all as gifted as these people. That's a talent. We all can sing, but not everyone can sing like Adele, right? Right. They have a high level of giftedness. We all have access to this divine wisdom, divine guidance, just by listening to our own inner voice. That's why it's called the gift within us, because many people downgrade intuition. Oh, it's silly. It's woman's intuition. And for years, people talk about that. Um, But it's, it's a very sophisticated form of communication that we just have discounted for years Uh and now more than ever we need to understand that every day we're getting inspirations we're getting guidance we're being directed and we just don't know it um we've all had the experience of a gut feeling or a hunch i mean as you explained earlier your rational mind's telling you to do something this way and your intuition your gut feeling might be telling you go that way instead it doesn't make sense to you but um like if i'm taking my daughter to school and suddenly i'm i'm, to- I'm thinking don't go the normal route today and i'm yeah. going a different route for whatever reason i find out there was an accident or something going on yeah so it really pays to listen and and um when i use the word divine i am not talking about religion okay sure if you're religious great i don't care what religion you
0: are if you're religious yeah. at all all of this transcends religion and, um and listeners on this station and um on these stations they, they get that, that that yeah. there's so much that um, might fall for some people under the this umbrella of religion, but it's actually a much larger umbrella of spirituality yes. and connection to something more.
1: Um, yes, I wanted to mention, and on that line, you know, a research group called PEW, P-E-W Research, we've all seen research by PEW Research, they say the <laughs> fastest growing category is what uh, people identify as spiritual but not religious they've turned away from traditional religion for whatever reason maybe there's sex scandals or whatever Um, but they're still yearning for that spiritual connection so exactly why they're listening here um, they want to know how how can i get there and it's not Uh necessarily an
0: arduous process it's really quite simple that's what i describe in the book And, and one of the things that i often sort of work on myself and i want to continue to evolve this way is I get a lot of intuitive information, and I think probably a lot of our listeners are used to tapping into their intuition, but I also know that there's plenty I'm probably missing, and so anything that can help kind of familiarize us and normalize this as a way of navigating your, you know, while taking your daughter to school or making a choice of which job to take um, or whether to to be, you know, go out on a date with somebody, that, that The more we can normalize it the more we can trust ourselves and i feel like that's a very important piece of what you're offering here yeah i'm very lucky to have fantastic
1: colleagues on this plane but i also have colleagues on the other plane um i call them the powers that be i mean you can define it whatever way you're comfortable Uh, i'm human so i i don't physically see them but they could be guides angels god my higher self whatever the greater good but it's they're very wise in uh, beings and very funny that people don't understand. There's a lot of humor, uh, <laughs> yes, irony are they're, yes. they're not this dark, scary thing. And I don't hear things necessarily. It's, it's just through your thoughts that you're getting in, interesting information that uh, like, for example, okay, the cover of my book, I, it's a very important thing to name a book, uh-huh. the cover, the bow that came to me and I give right. credit. the name, the gift within us came to me. I didn't uh-huh. want a new agey looking cosmic book. That's sure. the stereotype. And and it's time to take this more mainstream because it is left to our own devices, we've kind of gotten into a jam here. And if we were scared of Y2K 20 years ago,
0: what's coming? <laughs> it's challenging. Yes, I know. 20, 2020 has been quite the year. And um, one of the things that I think is really challenging that relates to intuition, and that is There's all sorts of news and 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 you know so-called news and information coming from a variety of angles. And even if you're used to getting it from one angle that you've believed to be true for a long time, if you really start paying close attention and listen to your gut or listen to the your intuitive guidance, some of that stuff may not be on alignment with truth. And it seems like at this point, we're gonna have to tap into our intuition. More than ever to figure out um, what's truth, what's what's really corrupt here, what's not, um, who's of the light, who's of the darkness, and um, you know what what direction we should we go? We should go. Should we go? And who should we even vote for? You know, on this level of political change.
1: Yeah, and that's a a very tough topic right now because there's always going to be people that blindly follow one avenue that that Uh won't tune into their intuition that are like, no. Um, I think that there's also the very informed group that listen to your show and read books and things like that. There's a huge group that went in between, I mentioned, that are spiritual but not religious, but they don't really know how to get there. And uh, that's why this book was written. I was kind of guided to write this book. I I have my name on the book, but I call myself a worker bee because um, I have lots of interesting help from also the people in the book. I interviewed 33 highly gifted intuitives, psychics and mediums from the US also around the world, mostly Uh US though, and I have their contact
0: information in here. I know that's a great, it's like, that's, that's the worth the price of this book alone, because, you know, as I, when I got through it, it's like, oh my goodness, there's all their contact information, websites, telephone numbers in some cases as well. And, um, you know, trying to find somebody reputable, um, is, yeah, it's somewhat challenging. Depends on the, depends on who your peers are, you know, who, who you hang out with. Um, but for those who are more mainstream it's probably particularly hard and if you have a session or two with a couple different people who really aren't in alignment either I think for a lot of people they're just they're 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 not getting clear clear on the information sometimes I don't think there are a whole bunch of charlatans out there I know that that there are probably some people who perceive it to be that way but probably some people who are really on target some of the time and other times and not quite so much you know they kind of you know use their best judgment about something and it's it's not very precise so to find out that there are these people who are good who have good reputations then to read about some of their stories yeah um so can you give us an example or two of some of the history or some some generalizations of the history of these kinds of people who are very gifted
1: well, I will say that I and I didn't include it in this book. I'm actually starting the next book. I can't believe I'm saying that, but but um I found that in my experience and I've had a lot of experience there are three groups. One the minority is are the fakes in the Charlottes. Sure. Very rarely are you going to find someone that just purposefully goes out to fool people. More often uh-huh. maybe there might be a corporation or something that has a psychic hotline where they're just hiring people off the street i think there are some right. valid psychic hotlines perhaps i think there are valid psychics that work on it. i don't know for sure, sure but they don't know how to market themselves whatever but yeah there are there is that faction but it's a real small minority in my experience there's also the super highly gifted people which is another kind of minority just like any other talent they're at the top echelon thing, but the big group i in the middle i call not to be nasty, but well-meaning, but mediocre, okay? Mm-hmm. They, they're they not out to take your money. They genuinely believe they're helping you. The difference I've found is that they're reading really your hopes, fears, your dreams. You know, they're reading your from mm-hmm. your aura. The really gifted right. people are picking up information from the source. So if I get three or four readings from the middle group, the well-meaning, but kind of mediocre, um, I will often be told different information. You are going to get that job. You're not. You're going to go with that person, boyfriend. Uh-huh. If you get readings from three or four of the people in this book and they don't know each other, most of them, right. you'll often hear almost the same
0: exact thing. It's, an, and it's that's fascinating. That's, that's really fascinating. And to hear about the journalists who went through the, the speed <laughs> readings, you know, as opposed yeah. to speed dating and we're getting some of the same information and, yeah. and knowing that it was on target. I mean, that's, that says a lot about um, the information out there. And so with these readings, do you find that they are good at predicting the future? Everyone's got different strengths.
1: Some of the people in my book are psychics, some are medium, some are both.
0: Um, let's let's are, talk about the, the difference between psychics and mediums.
1: Well, psychics are picking up information um, about our, us, our past, our souls, our future, etc. Um, medium, and and there are people that can do both of these things, mediums are communicating with our often deceased loved ones, okay, right. and you're getting this amazing information that no, no one would have any other way of knowing, so right. there's quite a difference, some people have the ability to do both, some are strictly in one camp or the other, yes. um, and I, I, they're all very helpful, I mean, I, I can tell you a couple of examples of interesting readings that I have had I'll give you one. Uh, Paul Azdick, who's uh, from Australia, who's um, Mm -hmm. in my book. Everybody's alphabetical order. I don't rate these people. It's not my place. I can tell you, though, that they're all excellent, and they're all high-integrity people, but Mm -hmm. I remember he, I would do two interviews with the people. I would have, I would be referred to them through really Mm -hmm. good people, other gifted people or scientists who study Mm -hmm. psychic ability, and I would do, a first, I would have a reading, and I would tape it, and then maybe a week later, I would interview them about their life. The reason I had the reading was I didn't need another reading. I've had a lot of (laughs) readings, but Uh they all act differently when they're doing a reading. Some have different strengths of ways of expressing themselves, but I keep my mouth closed and I let them just tell me. And Mm -hmm. Paul said to me initially, Marianne, you're one of three siblings, right? And I have a brother and a sister and I said, yes. Mm -hmm. He goes, but there was another child, a boy named Michael who died at a very young age. And I got goosebumps because my mom had my sister and then this Michael, who I never met, who died at a year and a half of pneumonia, and then my oh. brother and then me. And no, we never speak of it. It really was hard on my mother, as you can imagine. Oh, I'm
0: sure. Oh.
1: Terrible. But, uh, but he says, Michael's around you, and he's helping you with this book, and he's around you with love. And I was like, there's no way that anyone could know this.
0: Sure. Um,
1: it, it's it's just pretty amazing. Another um, medium, Virginia Centrillo, told me something interesting at the beginning of my reading. She said you live in a house with uh, two very big trees in the front yard, which I have two big sycamore trees. She said that an old couple lived there before you, and I said, yes, an old couple did live here. Uh, he died, and then she died. And she said, well, their names are Bernice. Now, who gets the name Bernice out of the air? But her name was Bernice, and his name is Adolf. And I'm what? right away thinking his name is not Adolf. His name, everybody knew Mickey and Bernice, Mickey and Bernice. So I'm telling uh-huh. her, I, I take it with a grain of salt if I'm hearing something that doesn't make sense, but I- Sure, I still, as a I rational
0: say, person should do, yes. I,
1: I said, I, I'm, I don't think so. She goes, well, she goes on with the reading. And at the end of it, I go and I turn on my computer and I'm typing in the address where I live. And I look at, you know, previous owners and it was Adolf and Bernice Markovsky he was Jewish. He hated his given name. Uh, no, yeah. I don't even think his daughter yeah. knew his given name. He went by Mickey. So, I mean, there's so many stories I could tell you about. Um, my daughter was born two years after my mom died. Uh, and she knew my daughter's name, my daughter's middle name. She could describe her room to a T. The room with the stars uh, on the ceiling. She has glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling. And she yeah. goes, I love what you did. The wall behind her headboard has all these beautiful butterflies, uh, appliques on it. And they also tell me funny things. My mom said, she died, uh, she had she was overweight. She had sciatica, a lot of pain. She goes, uh-huh. I look like I'm 32 and I have a little tiny waist. And you know, she, <laughs> she's very funny, my mom. So, and I, she didn't die tragically. I mean, she died. I was happy when she crossed over because she was mm-hmm. in pain. But um, she goes, your dad and I play pinochle with our friends. I mean, I've been told the most wonderful things um, that I share in the book about uh-huh. the, the afterlife. And it's it's all positive, it's all loving and fun. And I mean, that's why there's a lot of light, I've been told it comes from this book and there's a lot of humor and there's a lot of um, positivity that's coming out of it. And as opposed yeah. to the way the media portrays
0: it all as scary new age stuff and oh, hauntings. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so right. tired of that. I am too. And, and it's interesting that she talked about being 32 because, um, I remember once years ago after my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law had passed, I was really close to her and it was probably about a year after she passed. Now she had divorced my ex's, um, father decades before and she remarried and everything. And I'm lying on an acupuncture table and all of a sudden I see her and she's like really young and she's, I always know her with short hair. She had long hair kind of wrapped up like that and she was standing with her ex and they were like very lovingly, you know, watching over me and watching over their grandkids who were with me. And Mm -hmm. it's just this concept of, first of all, they get to appear, I guess, in, you know, whatever way they want to, you know, the skinny waist in the 30s or whatever, (laughs) Um, but also that when they pass over, kind of like the, you know, they were getting along, which is, I find, found kind of interesting. Yes, I've been told that people that you've had
1: maybe traumatic experiences with maybe in the previous life or when you're in, in the the non-physical, you make an agreement. Uh, somebody told me the other day that they knew someone that made an agreement with someone they love very much. Well, we're going to come into this life. You're going to be my mother who abandons me or treats me poorly. And the person's like, no, the but they did. And they had this agreement that they would go through that together. And I don't know. I mean, I I'm researching the next book. I'm learning even more things than I've Uh learned before, but, um, it's all good. I mean, people are, are good. Even people that I guess you've had abusive situations with somehow in the other realm, it's, it's okay. I, I, that's another book, I think (laughs) that topic.
0: Yeah. And it really, and I think you may say this, have said this or somebody you interviewed said this, that it's, it's really clear that earth is a school, right? That this, that it's, it's not home, you know, Mm -hmm. We, we, we go home to, you know, to our family or whatever, but that this is a place to explore. And uh, anyway, when we return, I'm going to want to talk to you about what are some of the approaches you recommend for us to get in touch with our intuition? And I'm going to have you share a couple of your own personal stories, because it's not just about these highly gifted people. You've applied this in your life and have had some amazing results. So stay tuned for more on the other side of this break. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit Stellareflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
1: Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com.
0: Welcome back to the Christine Upthru Show here at KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm talking to the author Marianne Boer. She's the author of The Gift In Us. We're talking about the gift of intuition that everybody has and that everybody can access. Uh, before we get into some of the the hows, Marianne, I'd love for you to share your story of how you utilized your own intuition within the, the context of PR, which is really surprising. And you had an amazing result, what happened? Well, I was working at a very big PR firm, one of the top two in the world called Hill and Knowlton.
1: Um, essentially, it was a great job. I was essentially though promoting like Frito-Lay and potato chips and things like that. And I, it was not very uh-huh. soul, you know, good soul food. So I thought, mm-hmm. well, we're allowed to do pro bono PR. Back in the 90s, when I did this, battered women, domestic violence, no one talked about it. It was before O.J. Simpson and all that. And in fact, they blamed the woman. They said, well, why doesn't she leave? That was like how people thought of it, right? Right. So I saw this lady on TV talking about an 800 number toll-free hotline for battered women. Back then, it was important. 800 numbers were not something you could see on a phone bill. So if a woman was being beaten up by her husband, instead of calling a local number, which he could see, 800 was good. So I called the lady and said, do you mind if I do free PR for you? And she said, great. So for the mm-hmm. next couple of months, in addition to promoting you know, my job, potato chips and different things like that, sure. um, I, I started getting her on television, you know, today's show and other things. I get a call out of the blue. They're a nonprofit, a 501 c three out of Michigan at this point. So mm-hmm. I get a call from a guy named Larry Lux who was at uh, Johnson and Johnson. And he said, Marianne, you're the person doing PR for the hotline kind of pro bono. I said, yes. He said, did you not know that the hotline is 100% funded by Johnson and Johnson? As part of a marketing program called shelter aid. If you buy feminine protection project products like OB tampons, stay free pads, a portion goes to fund the hotline and Lindsay Mm -hmm. Wagner, the bionic woman, is our spokesperson, paid spokesperson. And he said, you've gotten more press for that hotline than our big PR firm, it was another PR firm, has done in two years. Wow. So he said, I want to meet with you next week. And I said, Larry, I, I can't meet next week. I'm flying down to Plano, Texas, where Frito-Lay was based. And he uh-huh. said, I'm flying down to Plano, Texas next week. And I said, <laughs> what day? And he said, Wednesday. And I said, we're on the same flight, which was kind Amazing. of bizarre. Yeah. So we, we sat together. And in the two and a half hour plane ride down to Texas, he said, here's what we're going to do. Write me a formal PR proposal. I'm going to fire the big PR firm, I don't want to say their name, and hire you. And I did so and I my income instantly quadrupled. I earned four times wow. more suddenly. Uh and here I had been doing it for free.
0: So and, and you 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 shifted from working on potato chips <laughs> to working on something that meant something far more to you. Well it was so professionally gratifying and spiritually
1: gratifying. I mean Anna Quillen, who wrote for the New York Times, flew with me to Michigan to the hotline. She wrote a big story about it, thanking J&J for funding it. Uh, Every magazine, except for one, I won't mention which, uh, thought it was an ugly topic they didn't want to cover, but every other magazine wrote about it. Brides Magazine wrote a story, What to Watch Out For Before the Wedding Bells, urging young women to run. And here they make their money selling China patterns and and gowns. I thought that was very. High Magazine did a cover story on battered women um, for me. And... It was so great, and I I um, I love doing it. But after about two years of doing this, Larry Lux, my client, called and said, "Marion, I have to move back to the Midwest. I'm leaving JJ. My wife has multiple sclerosis, and she wants to be close to her family." So sadly, Larry was leaving, and his replacement called me two weeks later and said, "Marion, we're going to be cutting funding for the hotline. I I'm new here. I I decided it's not a good topic for JJ to be involved with." So suddenly, this wow which when I took it on was getting 2,000 calls a month. And at, at this point was getting 12 000 to 14,000 calls a month. And so I didn't know what to do. I just said, okay, great, whatever. And I get a call a couple of days later from family circle magazine. They said, we've got your story written about the hotline that you pitched and battered women, but we understand that the hotline doesn't exist anymore. Can we put your home office number in our magazine for battered women to call? I lived on oh, the Upper West side. I, I had to, there's no way the 14,000 women could call me, right? So I said, yeah, no, no kidding. you can't publish my, my home office number, but let me figure something out. Uh-huh. So I hung up the phone and I immediately heard like a radio turned up really loud in my room. Call the White House, call the White House. And I'm looking around like, Who, who's talking to me? And I immediately uh-huh. thought, okay, it's happened. I've lost my mind. That's the only <laughs> thing this i so uh the next day this happened late in the day the next day i thought well i what can it hurt i called the white house i actually got through a woman named julie cook who is mrs bush the white haired mrs bush's assistant and she she said come in for a meeting and since i was flying to dc on my own dime i i i was my pitch was we need a federally funded toll-free hotline it shouldn't be up to a corporation to fund this so I also met with Joe Biden's office Senator Dan Coats and uh, Congresswoman Connie Morella and told them all the same thing it's time for federally funded hotline and they were gracious and, and thank you for bringing it to our attention and Congresswoman Morella said Marianne I'm going to put in what's called a concurrent resolution to get the ball rolling to get federal funding for this hotline uh-huh. so fast forward about a year and a half later i met the Hilton Hotel in Midtown Manhattan at a luncheon in their ballroom for uh, women honoring other women and there's Jane Pauley over there and other celebrity women. And I'm sitting there in this darkened ballroom. And Tipper Gore's at the podium. Now, the Clintons were in, in, uh, in the office now. And she says, and I'll never forget, she says, and I'm proud today to announce that we're the first administration to fund a federally funded toll-free domestic violence hotline. And I just sat there in the darkness and with goosebumps, realizing oh. nobody knew this, and I didn't care if they knew, but I had been utilized or drafted, as uh-huh. I call it, by the powers that be to get this right. done. Um, and nobody could be more surprised than me. And actually, had I passed the next day, I would have felt I'd contributed um to this cause. And today the hotline is not in Michigan, but it's in Texas. It's still the same number, 333 safe. And I and they're in their twenty-first anniversary that they're um that they've been around. And I talked to their executive director about this because it's, it's the story's in the book, and she said I'd heard about Johnson Johnson before being there before us um and so we had a long conversation but yeah it's this book is a second divinely guided pr campaign i believe i call that my first divinely guided pr campaign but it's so exciting and thrilling to be utilized to do what like what you're doing with your show or to write this book or to help battered women um it's a heck of a lot more fun than promoting a potato chip it's a sure. lot more gratifying and uh that's my story about that but and that's why that I wasn't as tuned in as I am now. Like I always joke, they have to hit me over the head with a rubber mallet or whatever, but sure, I soon learned. And be careful
0: they might just do that. You know, I've, I've learned the hard way, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you ignore some of their, um, I mean, they're kind, they're wonderful. They give us a lot of chances, but um, right. it, this was a beautiful experience. And, and hopefully this book will touch mm-hmm. people and also help them. It's an
0: amazing story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So what approaches do you recommend for us, you know, as individuals who, you know, maybe have some gift or not much gift, but want to utilize that intuitive gift? um, What approach should we take? Well, I I want people to understand
1: that while I have great respect for people who are master meditators and four-hour meditators, I I can't do that. I'm a white white knuckler. They get me in the morning before I'm really awake or in the shower. um, Uh And I've learned to kind of recognize that muscle now but mm-hmm. um i want uh, uh, people i was on one show and the host said people are going to love you that listen to the show because the one co- the comment we always get us i want to get there it sounds so hard i don't know what to do and mm-hmm. i write that if i had to hold crystals and focus on my chakras, I would never have been able to write this book. Um, I'm a perfect example of someone that just understands the simplicity of doing this. And so Mm -hmm. I basically, the the really biggest tip I have to give to people is, yes, even if you're a white knuckler, you have to be um, quiet in your mind just a little bit or Mm -hmm. wake up, think of what you're getting right then before you can really start thinking. Sure. Um, The biggest tip, the biggest tip, and many people cannot achieve this, Christine, be humble, take your ego down a few pegs and just listen. Humility is not a strong suit for many of us, especially in this country. It seems to be that um, it's very hard. I mean, this age of reality TV, and we're all so brilliant and important and wonderful, and we are, but
0: it, it stands in the way of really hearing, you know? And, and I think that if, it, if you're really talking about the, the humility of the ego, yes because if we really talk about what we are if we set ego to the side or have ego be serving a higher purpose oh, yeah. we're amazing you know yes. it's not it, i mean that we have such potential but it's really about the the ego with the external power that it seeks that can get in the way
1: yeah, our current pope when he was first made pope he said something that was astounding to me. He said he wanted to make positive change in the world and he has the ambition and the humility to make it happen. And you never see those two words together. You think ambition yeah. is like a railroading through yeah. everything, but the, coupled humility with ambition, uh-huh. you can get so much done. But yeah, well yes.
0: you're you've done that right here in your in your book here. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, so humility and having some quiet time and paying attention Anything trust else? your
1: trust your gut when you get those feelings that your rational mind doesn't understand really listen to them pay attention because chances are very strong that you're getting some divine guidance that's hey maybe you should rethink this path right yeah. and when many of us are like buying a house or moving to another state or don't we all kind of sit for a second kind of thinking about it like maybe hoping mm-hmm. we all do that we don't we're not aware that we do it um ask for help is another one I mean, it's an old adage, ask, you know, and you shall receive, it's true. Uh, that doesn't mean there aren't times in our life when we're meant to struggle. Uh, uh-huh. the, the the desert of the soul, as my archbishop friend said, but most of the time in my experience, if I'm at a crossroads or I don't know where to go, I just, I'll say, hey, can you direct me? Can you, you know, and I will get oftentimes an answer. I don't know if somebody calls me out of the blue or I see something I'm reading, whatever don't be ashamed don't be afraid to ask for help don't think you're not worthy because that's one of their purposes yeah. just like we in, in prayer you're always thinking well I'm, I'm asking for something are they really listening am i worthy what we don't understand is that they too have a receiver in their hand and they want to connect so right. don't be afraid to ask for the help and
0: guidance because they're at the ready they want to help they're rooting for and, us and i've heard that um Because of our free will and and the school that we call Earth, um, we need to invite that in because they're not allowed, at least in in certain situations, to intervene unless we invite it. Exactly. And that's something else. People don't feel
1: worthy. At the same time they're full of ego, they don't feel worthy. So it's kind of ironic. But change that. Um, Also, be open and realize we're not alone in this world we do have help spiritual help and guidance they're there they're there to help us and lastly become adept at hearing your inner voice as i have i mean again it's a thought i'm not that voice i heard about call the white house that's very rare i'm not getting voices talking to me it's not spooky i'm not seeing visions um Uh and part of that is i mean maybe if i wanted to i would start doing that some gifted intuitives i know as children they would see visions all the time so it's kind Mm -hmm. of your choice also but i realized my path in this world is it's just to impart this kind of knowledge to people so that they can have access to these amazing resources they're much smarter than we are much wiser there's a lot of good there but they're also funny and in an odd way down to earth and and uh Uh you know we need to know that 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 wonderful resource is right at the ready so that's kind of what i those are my six
0: tips i mean they're super simple yeah yeah. And um, before we go any further in the conversation, because this this hour is by, How can people connect with you? How can they find their way to your book? Easily. Um, if they go to Amazon.com
1: mm-hmm. and they just type in the gift within us or my name, Marianne Bohr, that's B-O-H-R-E-R, they will find it. It's right there. Um, also, mm-hmm. they can go to my website, which is simply my name, www.marianneboer.com. And there's and A-N-N, no E. A-N-N. No, e. no e. e, and yeah, nobody has the name B-O-H-R-E-R. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. It's a very uh-huh. unusual name, so it's easy to find me. But the gift within us will bring you there as well. So yeah, thank you. They, I also have an Instagram and a Facebook page. But, uh-huh. um, and I, I you know, people want to connect. That's great. I'm, I'm open to uh, conversing with anybody or they can reach me through Facebook, go on my website.
0: Great. But yeah, the great. book is easy to find on Amazon. Yeah. So um, it seems like you've had a, an interesting story that involved a hell t- of number, right? Um, trying to remember. Do, do you remember the one I'm
1: talking about? Um, I, it's, it's, I'll try to be real brief with this one, but I was researching this book in 2016. It was a cold February morning, February 13th, uh-huh. Saturday, and I'm sitting at my office writing a chapter about great minds in history who've embraced intuition like Carl Jung uh-huh. and people like that. Sure. And my husband, who's very uh, supportive, but not involved in this book, really, he's upstairs in his home office, and he yells down to me, Marianne, come up here. I've got something to show you. And I thought, that's really strange. He's in the medical profession. When he's off, he's up there looking up music and downloading music. I ran up there, and he says, look what I saw. I have these quotes from Albert Einstein about intuition, and very positive quotes. And I thought, I had no idea Einstein was involved in this in any way. So I said, but wait a minute, why are you showing, why are you even looking these things up? And he said, I don't know, it just came to me that I I remember these quotes, thought you could use it. That was really weird. So anyway, I researched Einstein, I see that he did and later in his life get involved with intuition a little bit. And then we went to dinner at our favorite little burger place with my daughter, drop her off at a sleepover afterwards, go to bed. The next morning I wake up and I'm about to take a shower. So I'm barely dressed, come into my office here check my email, and the phone rings, and this is Valentine's Day morning, February 14th. It was 8 20 in the morning, very early Sunday. Who's calling? I grab the phone. Could it be my daughter for sleepovers? Sure. So I grab it, and the lady who I've never talked to starts talking and says to me, good morning. I was doing my morning prayers and meditation, and I was directed to call you and wish you a happy Valentine's Day by Albert Einstein. <laughs> I, I, my mind is, and she says, you're, a, I'm writing, thank God I have my tape recorder here. So at, at, during this, I finally turned it on, I'm taping it. But at first, she says, you're a vessel of truth. And you've been directed to have the right people to be involved in this book. Um, and she said, you recently parted ways with someone who wouldn't be good to be in this book. And that was a another story two weeks ago, I had broken up a friendship with a gal who was in my book, who was very ego driven. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't go into that story. But anyway, he knew that. And she starts. you have Native American guys. And I said, wait a minute, do you even know mine? I said, who, no, I said, who are you? And she said, Edna. And I'm thinking, maybe that's a psychic that somebody told me to call, but I looked and somebody said to somebody named Aaron, but not Edna. And then I said, what's your last name? She says, Randall. So I Google Edna Randall really fast. And a story in the New York Times comes up from 2003 about mediums and Edna Randall's in it, John Edward and some other. So she's a real person from Long Island But I've never talked to her. And I said, okay, do you know what I'm working on? She says, no. I said, do you even know my name? She goes, no, but one of your names is like my mom's name, Anne." And I said, but how did you get my phone number? Now my phone number, Christine, is not only unlisted, it's in my husband's name. His last name is not Borer. So she says, well, when he, Einstein, was giving me the message I'm to give to you, he dictated your phone number to me. And of it. (laughs) And but she said the last three, four digits, she said, and she said the last digits were 1309. And I'm thinking, ah, I've got her because my number is 1389. And he said, but take out the the zero between the three and the nine, put in an infinity symbol. So it would be 1389. Wow. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So I'll just read the very first. She gives me his message. Her voice drops. Thankfully, I have the tape recorder on at this point and Uh the first sentences i'll read you will not believe the sentence she starts and she says madame like who says madame anymore madame i am still focused on the agenda of bringing humankind to the highest best good wow i am still focused on the agenda of bringing humankind to the highest best good i'll read just the next sentence it is about not destruction but elevation of the illumination of consciousness and then he goes on so I've,
0: Einstein is still working with us from the other realm. Well, I come to—I'll uh, finish the story, but I'll come. I've come to find
1: out that uh, some of the scientists have been contacted through mediums by Einstein, Nikola Tesla, and some other divine beings that are brilliant energies that are trying to help. Yes, they're on the case. So I—I I, I say to Edna, "Listen, after I said, can I have your phone number? Can I call you tomorrow? Because I was like shaking, and sure. she gives it to me." And I did call her the next day, and and I'll tell you what she said, but I go in to take my shower. Again, remember, I'm barely clothed, and he's calling. He's communicating with me. So I go in to take the shower, and I look up, and I say to the ceiling, to the powers that be, can you tone it down a little bit? This is more than I can handle. And I take my shower, and my husband wakes up, and I tell him, and he goes, goes, maybe she just wants to be in your book. I said, she doesn't want to be in my book. She doesn't care. Uh And he said, well, hey, Einstein contacted me first. Remember the night before? <laughs> and I said, you're absolutely right. And you so know, my, my daughter comes home from her sleepover and my husband says, hey, guess who called mom and wished her a happy Valentine's Day today? Albert Einstein. <laughs> and my daughter then 14 does the eye roll like because right, she's heard sure, it all sure. from me, right? right. So then I spent the rest of the day making beef stew and doing laundry, just normal. I wanted to feel normal. The mm-hmm. next day I call Edna and I said, Edna, I said why would he call me to have you she does this she will get messages for different people call them and if if they don't understand she's like I apologize for bothering you maybe sure. it's not time so she says he's kind wanted to confirm that what you're working on is going to help many many people and that you're on the right path and that well, he's uh... involved in all this other I'm like okay and I talked to her again like a year later and I said can you because I didn't have a publisher yet and I said, Edna, if you talk to Einstein, can you ask him about the. She says, he's listening right now, Mary. And I'm like, ah. So, but that, I wasn't going to put great. the story in the book, Christine, because. Oh, I'm so glad you did. As and a PR person, I thought people would think I'm nuts, but I write at the beginning, you might think I'm crazy, but this really yeah. happened.
0: And I have a similar story, not with Einstein, nobody famous, but um, I was working as a part of a teaching team. Uh, we were training 350 people to facilitate healing, train, train them to be healers. Mm-hmm. And it's always this highly charged situation and And scientists had shown that the room would get charged before we ever showed up. And there was, mm-hmm. you know, there, Bill Tillers was showing that we had all this negative entropy, which is a really positive thing. And, you know, we, we've done before after kind of scientific experiments, but the process itself is, is pretty amazing. And at one point at the end of the first full day, uh, I stepped out of the room and i'm just standing out there and all of a sudden my phone rings and it's like it's an identified number right and i'm thinking i don't i don't answer my phone when you know i'm i'm busy working and something told me answer the phone hmm. and there's a man with this very heavy accent and he says my name is Ganesh, something or other <laughs> um your your number came up during my morning meditation do you do something relating to healing and i'm like excuse me and he repeated it <laughs> again and, and he says, I have some messages for you. And, and I'm like, okay, but I can't take them right now. Can I call you back? And I tried to call him back on Skype, but there was some issue at that point, calling a Tibetan number. I don't, I don't really understand the politics or the logistics of it, but he kept calling about the same time, which was like his, his morning meditation time. And then eventually I did answer, you know, probably like a week later. And he told me some things that he was getting about me and you're a very powerful healer. You've got... Some, some, you know, issues with your second chakra. Well, you know, anybody who's watched my TED talk knows that I was molested as a little girl. So, you know, definitely. And anyway, he told me about the future books I would write. And I mean, he he told me all sorts of things. And it was like telephone number out of the air like that, you know? Right. And so it's like, if people have gifts like that, gifts Mm -hmm. like the one you were talking about, gifts like the one in your, the various ones in your book, and people like us can access that. How mm-hmm. exciting is that?
1: It's, it's amazingly exciting. The scientists, I've told them about this and they said that the main thing that was amazing to them, they had no doubt that Einstein or other brilliant energies and Einstein contacted me, but the numbers, they said they've only seen that once before when a code was locked in a safe. I mean, they've done research <laughs> on all this. It's very right. rare, but the fact that Einstein and other brilliant energies are still on the case of helping us, I mean, it's amazing. But even yeah. if we just have our regular guides, they have a lot more knowledge than us and we would be wise to tap into that. And they, they're they rooting for us. They wanna make our lives better, personal lives, our planet, everything. And it's not an, a hard process, as I mentioned, with those steps, You being a little humble and listening, taking a few moments. You don't have to be great at meditating. I wanna say one quick story also that they gave to we, me. We've got like one minute, so. Do you remember cool. in the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy went through all sorts of crazy rigmarole to get back to Kansas. And at the end, Glinda comes down and says, but Dorothy, you've always had the power to go back to Kansas, and she clicks her. We all have it right here. We don't have yeah. to be master uh, master meditators. I mean, if you can do it, great. But it's it's available to every one of us.
0: Yeah, and I I do love that message that you've got about you don't have to go through, jump through some of the hoops that so many people teach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be while you're sitting in traffic. You know, the stop and go traffic. Just being in that place of openness. Uh, you know, while you're waking up, as you were saying before, it's, it's so exciting. I think that um, there's some fascinating information in your book, 33 different people, and you've got the contact information in here. So if, if you read one of the stories about somebody you really like, you know, you now can connect with them, which is great. So exactly. I want to thank you, Mary um, for doing this for bridging the, the the mainstream and the woo-woo in a way that's going to help many. So thank you. And thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure for me. And uh, I'd love to talk to you again uh, offline about a chapter I'm writing for the next book
0: about radio shows like yours. So cool. Okay. Thank you. And thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.